Welcome to another edition of the Business and Personal Podcast, where we bring you closer to the people you do business with. And today we're joined by Rajeshri Bhatia. She is the founder of Blooming Brains Academy in Kegel Harbor. It's going to be opening up here this fall. And uh, first of all, Rajeshri, uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So you've been in education for 25 years, and um, you've been in, involved in some startups of schools and different levels, but this is the first time you're really sticking your neck out there and uh, doing it all on your own. Um, tell us about the thought process involved in that and where you're at with it right now. Absolutely. So, yeah, I've been uh, working with kids and in education for 25, maybe even 25 plus years at this point. Um and uh, have always had a, a dream of having my own school. Um, I started, you know, when I was starting in my career as a math, as a math teacher at Country Day. And um, I had an opportunity to start a school in 2000 uh, after I finished my master's at Harvard. And it was fantastic. Um, it was a whirlwind. It was, you know, everything I thought it would be, but it was for someone else. Um, and that was great. And I loved having the experience, but I knew that I still wanted to have my own school. And, and throughout the course of the years, I've had the opportunity to be around the country and around the world and really see a lot of schools and see that a lot of school, you know, everybody does something extremely well. And that's kind of been my vision of bringing all these sort of things together and what I'd call my greatest hit school um, that sort of really looks to be the school for 2022, 2023 and beyond. And so about five years ago, I really started um, laying the foundation for starting the school here in Michigan, where I think there is a, uh, a great need for additional educational options, especially uh, for young children. And so as we started thinking about how to start this school, I really wanted to start with infants and get all the way through th 12th grade. So that's the vision. Um, and so really started thinking about what does a quality educational experience look like, feel like, sound like? What does it mean for students? What does it mean for parents? What does it mean for families? What does it mean for teachers? And what does it mean for the community? And I've really tried to think through those kinds of details from everyone's perspective. Um, I think too much of education today is focused on really, um, you know, outcomes that may or may not really have any kind of grounding in, in re, you know, in what's important. Um, as opposed to the experience of learning. And so when I think about what the school is going to be like, absolutely will achieve outcomes. Absolutely, we'll see students start to read and write and, and do the things that we want them to do, the tools they need to, to grow and have success, but to really do that in a way that fosters their independence, their creativity, and their development as a person, and building systems around them that engage teachers to help facilitate that, and also engage the family, because parents are essential partners in education and oftentimes don't have a role unless they create one. And we're really looking to have that be a big part of our school. So um, in the last you know, year and a half, um, we have identified a site in Kego Harbor, purchased the building, started all the construction, began the process with the state to get licensed and um, you know, had their okay, which is going well. And we're now enrolling students and hiring teachers. So as you mentioned, you've been all around the country. What was it that uh, brought you to Kego Harbor to settle in? Well, I am actually uh, recording this podcast in the home I grew up in because I grew up in this area and uh, I live about 2.2 miles from the school, which wasn't necessarily by design. We just happened to find a great building in this area. Um, and we actually purchased a home that I grew up in from my parents. So I have a pretty strong um, connection to the community here. 
and understand, you know, a lot about the educational system, understand, you know, firsthand as a parent myself who lives here, what the needs are, um, and really felt like we could bring something to this side of town that could uh, be a, a, you know, an option and something that really enhances the community at large. One of the bigger challenges when you're starting a business is what's, you know, how do you come up with a name for it? So um, how did you come up with the name Blooming Brands, Kevin? So the name actually came to me about five years ago when I started this process. And, you know, I really believe in, in, in growth, right? I think as whether you're young or older, we, we continue to live while we continue to grow. And that's true in nature as well. So, and I like, you know, I like alliteration. <laughs> so uh, as I started, and then I also really, you know, believe in and, and want to focus in on the sort of development of the mind, body, and soul, um, but academically, you know, our thoughts are the brain is the, the control center for our, our bodies and really looking at neurologically what kids need um, to grow and develop. So it kind of just came together when you think about growth and you think about brains and growth and then all of a sudden it was blooming brains. Um, and to me, it really describes something that, you know, uh, describes what, what we're looking for our kids to do is to continue to bloom and grow. I'm big into alliteration myself, so I can appreciate that. <laughs> I really like the name. So, um, you know, as you mentioned, you're starting right now in this through fifth grade with a goal eventually to, to go with older children. Um, but you really stress that the importance of that first 60 months of life um, for a child, just explain how important that is in that development process. Absolutely. So when you think about the period of greatest growth, physically, emotionally, mentally, it really is in those first few you know, months of life. And it's the, it's the part of education that we don't formally pay attention to as much as we do in other, in other times. And so really thinking about who, those, who our kids become, a lot of the foundation is laid when they're young. And so I really wanted to hone in on folk, you know, learning what do kids need to grow and develop you know, from, a, from all aspects. And so really giving, giving students, even as young as three and four months, the right kind of stimulation and encouragement and cooperate cooperative skills, social skills can really make a huge difference into how they grow and develop as they get older. Most kids tend to spend those times in isolation unless they have siblings and they certainly, unless there are multiple or happen to have kids, that, you know, siblings of similar ages tend to be, you know, the only one in that age group. But when you start putting younger kids together, naturally they're social creatures. Naturally there's a synergy that happens between them and they really also start to learn from each other. You know, we all see it as parents, right? Spend a weekend with friends or cousins or somebody like that. And our kids are like, they seem like different people after that because they've had a chance to to grow. And I just don't think that we have paid enough attention to that. And that's something that I really want to focus in on. Cause I think if we, if we really start young, the benefits of that, we will continue to see it as kids grow and get older. And things, even things like learning languages, learning music, at the time when their brains are growing and the synapses are firing and there's connections being made, let's start to shape that with, with experiences and exposure to things that can really sort of benefit them as they go, as they grow in life. And I thought you made an interesting point too, when you weigh the cost of daycare versus going to an academy like this, not all that much different. So if, if cost isn't a factor, then let's focus in on the time that they're spending and how they're spending it, right? Right. And the quality of that time. Right. So when you, you know, and I, and I face this myself, my, I have a daughter who's seven, um, who, who started school when she was one at a Montessori. And I have a daughter who's 21 months old this week, 
who was born in the pandemic and we just didn't have the same options. And so I've seen the difference firsthand between the, the, the two types of care and they both have value and we've had great nannies and we've had great babysitters. But when you think about the quality of life and what they're able to do in a classroom environment with the other kids and how they spend their time with trained professionals who know how to guide and mentor and coach them. And then also, you know, the reliability factor, right? There's been several times that it's been me trying to care for my kids while also working because maybe my babysitter has a doctor's appointment or is ill, or we've had nanny transitions quite a bit this summer because, you know, it's just life has happened. And so there's this learning curve and this, this routine piece. And, you know, again, they both have their value, but when you really start thinking about that 60 months, that precious time between birth and kindergarten, um, when formal schooling typically begins, those days and hours start to add up and all of a sudden it's missed opportunities. And in a classroom kind of environment where there's consistency and a structure that is geared to meet their needs, they just get more time to grow and develop in a way that is really guided. They also need to rest and that's a big part of growing. And so, you know, I don't want anyone to think that we've got them, you know, drill and kill for eight hours a day. But for those waking hours and for those times of giving them the opportunity to socialize with other kids and and learn in a consistent manner has a great impact. And we started doing an analysis of how much time that ends up being. I mean, you could lose seven to 12 months, you know, just in aggregate time when we start thinking about what, you know, things that come up. And and that's just, you know, that's just something as parents we have to think about. And when we make our choices and, and place our priorities. And speaking of parents, parent involvement is very important to you and keeping them totally abreast of the development of their child. Uh, just kind of describe how you plan on involving parents. Absolutely. So parents are partners, right? So we invite parents in. Um, parents are always welcome to come visit a classroom, spend some time there. We'll have a system of cameras in place in the school so that if a, if a parent wants to watch their child, without their child seeing them and just kind of absolutely come in my office, bring your coffee. We'll sit, we'll chat, we'll watch your child. And we'll talk about what we're seeing and how we help them grow and develop. Um, From a, from a teacher standpoint, you know, we will have sort of academic feedback come to them on a regular basis, probably, you know, about every two weeks. Um, It's kind of like weighing yourself on a scale. Weighing yourself every day doesn't necessarily show you progress, but if we start doing it 10 days at a time or or two weeks, that's when you can start to see the growth. We use, um, there's wonderful technology out there that we're going to be using uh, to keep track of these milestones, right? The Montessori curriculum has different milestones in place. We'll just keep, every parent will have access to their child's development through those milestones. So at any given point in time, a parent will know, okay, my child has mastered this, this concept, or this is what they're learning. And we're open to communication and, and talking about that on a daily basis. You know, in addition to the sort of milestone, they ate, they did this, they did that. We also have, you know, the, uh, another piece of software there's actually not one that does both of this, believe it or not. So we've got a second piece of software and, and an app that will communicate what they've done that day, share pictures, anecdotes, you know, the kinds of things that we as parents, when we're sitting at work, we've given, you know, we, we've given our child, a, you know, our most precious resource away. It's nice to get an update and that reassurance of my kid is happy. My kid is learning. You know, this is what they're doing. Additionally, um, parenting is hard. 
right? I, I, got, I was a teacher for a long time before I was a parent and I appreciated it as a teacher, but man, do I appreciate it as a parent? Because when we have those questions and we want to know, you know, is this okay? Or what can I do? Going to another community, a community of like-minded parents is one of the most invaluable resources we can have. And those start to form in schools again, generally after kindergarten. And so what we're going to be doing is creating opportunities for parents to connect to each other in person, virtually via apps, et cetera. But we're also going to have a very um, structured parent education program. And I, you know, luckily because of my experiences and, and my connections and networking, I have access to a lot of experts in a lot of area of child development. And so we'll bring these experts in to, to answer questions or to give a presentation. I'm also, you know, we're going to tailor it around what the, what the families need, right? The needs of families and kids in 2022 are very different than they were in 1992. And so really listening to parents saying, hey, I want to know more about nutrition, for example. That's been a big topic that has come up for a lot of parents I've talked to. How do I, you know, feed my kids in a way that's going to, you know, be healthy for them, but also that I can do when I only have limited time to get it done? You know, so what are the choices we can make? How do I teach my kid to not only to not just eat chicken nuggets and, and mac and cheese, right? So these are questions that are coming up. Health questions are coming up. Allergies, right? Big, good question about allergies. So these are the kinds of things that we want to help educate parents about and start facilitating and fostering dialogue at a young age so that parents can learn and also have a peer group to move along with. I was very fortunate that I got that when my, my daughter started Montessori at one years old. And I still am in touch with a lot of those parents and families, and we still kind of rely on each other for everything from, you know, where are you buying, you know, the latest, where, where are we getting the latest toy because it's out of stock to, man, I'm really struggling with how to help my child deal with this social issue at school. What have you done in the past? So it's a big, important part of it. And I would also add that grandparents are, are an important part of our, our formula too. A lot of families in this area in particular have grandparents as a regular part of their, their life, right? Their kids are very fortunate. Some grandparents live with them. Some just live a few miles away, like, like ours do. And grandparents want to play a role in, in, in the family, but sometimes it's really hard because grandparents are also not the parent and it's supposed to be the relationship that's, Hey, this is carefree and fun. So let's figure out how to, how to help integrate them into the, into this child's life too. So bringing someone to talk about grandparenting with love and authority so that, again, we can have more consistency for our kids. Love it. Sounds almost like a family atmosphere. Very, Absolutely. very cool. That's what we're, that is what we are going for. Well, and you mentioned how tough parenting is. And one of the challenges of parenting is managing your time. Um, I know you're going to be offering some flexible and sort of extended hour type options, yep. which is crucial in today's world. Uh, just talk about your plans with that a little bit. Absolutely. So, you know, our school day kind of has a, a, a traditional 8.30 to 3.30 period, but we open as early as seven. We stay open as late as six for to have flexibility. The last thing I want is a parent rushing to through traffic, stressed out to come get their kid after a long day at work. It's okay. Relax. When you arrive, if you need to take a moment, take a moment, greet your kid with the love and, and the calmness that you know you want to carry through the evening. So we really want to really think through those things with parents. We you know we offer these options. We want parents to feel comfortable with them. You know we want to meet their needs. Um, the other thing you know 
for a lot of us, we spend a lot of our time in the car shuttling our kids around to this activity and that activity. And so as the school grows and develops, one of the visions is to partner with local um, local businesses that offer the classes that a lot of our kids take. And again, I'll take that feedback from our parent body. Um, a lot of parents like to take language classes or, or yoga classes or dance classes and offering those folks a chance to come into our school to offer the classes right there. So again, you're not rushing to pick your kid up to school from school, change into their whatever, give them a snack and shuttle them off on a Tuesday evening. We'll walk them to the multi-purpose room where they can have the class. And then when you come and pick them up, all you've got to do is take them home, have dinner and have a good family night. Um, and a lot of the businesses that I've talked to are very excited about this option because they too would like to reach kids and it extends their opportunity to, to grow their businesses. And this is not something I'm looking to make any kind of money off of. Because to me, when you come to our school, this is just a service we offer. So whatever you would pay at the, the studio or whatever it might be is exactly what you would, would, you would pay at the school. And I'm happy to offer that, um, that service to those businesses for the convenience of our families having access to those things. We'll also offer a lot of those kinds of um, classes in our program itself. Again, we don't often think about infants doing yoga and it looks a little different for infants than it might for first graders, but bringing in those kinds of experiences so they can start to stretch and move their body so that music class and develop their rhythm, their sense of rhythm, you know, dance class to really get movement in language classes. Cause again, at that young age, that is when they are most primed to learn a second language. So these are the kinds of experiences and enrichments that will be a part of the curriculum, but also be offered, you know, outside of school hours as well at the school building. Very interesting stuff. And, and I'm sure all the information, the, the do's and the don'ts that you've seen over the years have all kind of converged into this is like the best <laughs> version of everything that you've seen. So it's cool to have that experience to fall back on. Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. So I've noticed a huge interest in private schools just from working with different companies across the country. So I know even locally here, there's lots of interest, just a matter of letting people know about you. So that's why I'm glad we're able to do this here through the podcast. And I know that there's going to people that be listening to this that have been doing research on private schools. So what do you have for openings uh, in the short term here for the upcoming school year? Yeah, so we definitely have openings um, in our um, our. Uh, pre-primary classroom, which is the three to six-year-olds, uh, you know, Montessori, that's how it's divided out. We have a few limited openings in our infant and toddler program, um, but those have definitely been the ones that filled up first. Um, and then we have some openings in our elementary school, uh, elementary program as well. Um, you know, in general, if I, you know, if, if parents have an interest and have, have a need, I encourage you to get in touch with me because while we may be full, for example, in our infant and toddler, if I get enough interest, I have the ability to open up another room. And so if I, you know, so it's always a good idea to let me know what you're looking for. And, you know, I'm, I am somebody who is deeply invested in customer service and relationships. So if I can help you, I will find a way to help you. And if I can't, I'll help you find a resource that does. Um, and we'll definitely keep in touch. Um, but definitely we have, um, we had definitely have some space. We're looking for some three, four, or some four, five, and six-year-olds to come round out our pre-primary classroom and uh, and come have some fun with us. And to that end, what's the easiest way for people to get in touch with you and to apply or schedule a tour or whatnot? Best way to get in touch with us is to go to our website and fill out the contact form because that gives me everything I need to reach back out to you. Um, and then, you know, we go from there. And uh, so far, you know, you want me to call, I'll call. You want me to text, I'll text, whatever works. 
and then we'll schedule a time to talk about the program. We offer some virtual information sessions um, throughout the month that we'll share with you. And then this summer, in the next few weeks here, um, sometime towards the end of July, beginning of August, we'll host a couple of um, events where we can bring perspective and current, you know, and our enrolled families together and start building the community. Our building's under construction. Um, and as soon as it is uh, at a point where people can, can walk in and not have to jump over <laughs> all kinds of construction material, I'll take people through and show you what, what it's gonna look like. It's a beautiful facility. We, you know, we, it was, it was five different office suites. We've completely taken everything out and renovated it to be a really nice uh, school, a school that I would say, again, is built for 2022. It's not something we've retrofitted. We took a lot of time to think through, you know, what does the experience need to feel like for everyone? It's, it's clean. It's, it's got nice line, it, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's a very nice space that will inspire learning um, and inspire you know, good feelings all around. So I'm excited to take people through it as soon as it's, you know, at a point that we can do that, which should be pretty soon. Okay. And that website address too, for people. It is very easy. Bloomingbrainsacademy.com. And that's brains with an S bloomingbrainsacademy.com. Awesome. Well, Hey, thanks so much for joining us today, Rajeshri. Uh, we wish you the best of luck in opening the school and I'm, I'm sure it'll continue to expand uh, as you go along. And thank you so much for the opportunity. Love what you do and um, looking forward to staying in touch. All right. Thank you.